Okay, Parshas Matas Masai, we finished uh, these last two long Parshas, and we finish with that, the Sefer of Bamidbar, it's been such a, uh, a journey, which is really what Sefer Bamidbar is all about, the journey and the count of the Jewish people. Um, it has been a journey, and it ends with the journey, and the journey leads us to good places. We are now catching up with Eretz Yisrael, uh, with their laning Parshas Masai, finishing up Sefer Bamidbar, and we're reading Parshas Matas Masai, and then we'll all be on the same page or the same parchment uh, in the same book of Sefer, Bamid, Sefer Dvorim next week, Mirz Hashem. And these Parshas for sure always come out during the three weeks, which are we're always taking a step closer to Eretz Yisrael, to Yushalayim, <clears throat> and at this point we'll give a shout out to to our dear Yisrael uh, Gutierrez, who's on the plane arriving in Eretz Yisrael, maybe you'll hear this, and we're very proud and very jealous that we are not with you, and but we're very happy and are mispowel for your success in <clears throat> these weeks going, into Eretz, going to Eretz Yisrael to learn Torah. Um, and we connect with Eretz Yisrael through our learning of Torah. Parshas Matos Masai has so many different parts to it. We will start with something unique and something beautiful, <clears throat> but we know this, you know, which connects us with uh, Parshas Pinchas, which was so fascinating and so fast, uh, so illuminating. The process of the three weeks, which uh, Chazal call it the 22 days between from Yud Zayin B'Tamuz until Tishabov. These 22 days, the the pre tzaddik, the pre tzaddik Akoyen, I was safe from. Huh? How is it 22? They count it as 22. It's a good question. I, I only count 21. But. but he, but they counted as 22 days. Um, and the pre-tzaddik who makes this count brings, brings this uh, B'Shem, the Rebbe Rebbe, who's the, one of the Talmidim of the Baal Shem, says, Kol reit feha hisigua ben hametzorin. A pasuk in Eicha that we're going to read on Tishabav. That we can we can colorate feho all those who are running after understanding Akadosh Baruch Hu, understanding Torah. It can be done bein hametzarim during this time of year, between the three weeks these these days between Yud Zayin B'Tamuz and and Tishabov, where he writes that these he calls it these twenty two days between. Um, are, are connected the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, which we know the whole the whole Megillus Eicha is based on and is written as with with uh, the Aleph base of Eicha over and over and over again in the Prokim of Eicha. Eicha starts with an Aleph, and Yudzayin Betamuz, he says, is the first day connected Ois Aleph. 
Why? Because we know on Yudzai Batamus, the Mishnah in Tainus tells us one of the five things that happen on Yudzai Batamus is that we Nishtabru Haluchais. The Luchais were broken, and the Luchais begin with Anoichi Hashem Alokecha, which is an Aleph. So therefore, it makes sense that, that Yudzai Batamus represents the Aleph, and Tishabav represents the last of the days, represents the letter Tuf. Which he says is the the pasuk in Eicha Tam Avoynecha Basiyon that the Kosh did such a Chesed by taking out his wrath, as the Gemara says, he took out his wrath Al Eitzim Vavonim that he took out his wrath on the stones and the wood of the Beis Hamikdash and not on Klal Yisrael because you know but you can break the Beis Hamikdash but you can't destroy. Klal Yisrael, Klal Yisrael survives. And we do that, we, our survival is based on the Torah, which remains eternally for the Jewish people. And again, we, we start the month of Av, Menachem Av, which is the Aleph Beis. Av is Aleph Beis, um, the father and the, the building blocks of Torah, of the Jewish people, is the Aleph Beis, with which we have the Torah. Be that said, so we have to keep in mind that, that during this time, although it represents a distance, a churban, destruction, but at the same time, there are the building blocks and the foundation of rebuilding and the eternity of the Jewish people. <clears throat> this week's parsha begins, page 900, by Daber Moshe Roshi Hamatas, Moshe is addressing the heads of the tribes and all of the Jewish people. <clears throat> Zehadovar. Famous word, Zehadovar. This is the thing that Hashem has commanded. And it tells us the parsha of Nidorim, of taking an oath. Ishkiyidor Nedel Hashem, a person takes an oath, which it's interesting why that is the parsha that uh, is given here at this point. The Mephorshim talk about it in the Sefer Tzror Harmor. It talks about why the parsha of the Dorim is the preface of this parsha. Um, but I want to focus on the Zehadover, which Rashi focuses on. This is the thing. So Rashi says, Zehadover, Moshe Nisnabe, the second Rashi on Zehadover. Moshe Nisnabe Bekoi, Omar Hashem, Kachatsoi Salailo. Moshe Rabbeinu gave prophecy, you prefacing the words, Koi Omar Hashem. This is what Hashem said, which is very common for, a mo- for all the prophets. Vahanavim Nisnabe Bekoi Omar Hashem. And this is what the prophets, you look in Yirmiyo, Koyamar Hashem, Yeshaya Novi, Koyamar Hashem, all the prophets, Koyamar Hashem, and Moshe used Koyamar Hashem when he addressed us in Mitzrayim. Koyamar Hashem, like at midnight, when, we, when Hashem will bring the, the Makas, Makas, Bechoyres, um, right? And Moshef Aleim says Rashi, Moshe shenisnab bebeloshin zehadover. Moshe Rabbeinu had an added 
part of his nevuah that he also gave prophecy with the words Zehadover, this is the thing. And, and here we are, Moshe is flexing his prophetic muscles by utilizing, showing that he has an additional attribute to his nevuah by that he uses the word zehadover. This is the thing. Now we know that Moshe Rabbeinu was the, the Av Hanavim, the father of all prophets. And we have to understand what that means. He was the main main prophet. Of course, we've said in the past from that I've heard from my Rosh Hashiv Rabbi Yaakov Weinberg Zatzal that the Av Hanavim doesn't mean he's the first, which is usually the terminology for Av. But Av means that it's from him that all other prophets get their credentials. Because how do we know anybody was a prophet? How do we know Avram Avinu, Marisha, Noyach was? How do we know they were all prophets? Because Azoy state in the Torah. This is what it says in the Torah that Vayyem Hashem al Avram. Avram Hashem spoke to him. How do we know it's true? Because it says in the Torah. So Moshe automatically becomes the Avanavim because all other prophets became prophets, or we know that their prophecy is true because it says it in the Torah. Now, the Maral in the Gurariya, he goes on this Rashi, and he asks, if Moshe Rabbeinu prophesied with Zehadover and made him unique from all other prophets, so why did he also have to prophesize with Koyamar Hashem? Now, you could say Kolmar Hashem was in Mitzrayim when he wasn't yet the, the, at, the, at the height of his prophecy that maybe only came at Matan Torah, but he rejects that. He doesn't want to, to go with that. Moshe Rabbeinu prophesied in his unique way because he saw things with a clarity like, which is, which is compared to like looking through a clear glass. All other prophets prophesize bas baklaria she'ena meira with a uh, lo- looking through a glass that is not clear, which means it needs, still needed interpretation. The prophets prophesized; they knew they were getting a prophecy, they were getting a message from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, but they had to interpret it. They had to decipher what it meant, what it was telling them, and what it wasn't telling them. Like the Gemara in. Uh, in, in the Brachas talks about chaloimus, dreams, dreams, every dream has foolish things, things that you thought about or because of the foods you ate or because, because you're dreaming about things and you have to decipher and navigate through the maze of what parts of the dreams are true or not true. We go to a chacham, you go to thing, we have hatovas chaloim, you know, where we, where we ask that the dream should be good. Some things, bad things are really good. I mean, good things are really bad. We, it's fair to decipher. But a nevuah, similarly, other nevim had to know how to navigate. That's why they went to nevim school. And they had to be credentialed as a navi. Moshe Rabbeinu saw things clearly, so asks the Gurariye, why then, 
would he have to also prophesy with Koya Marashem if his prophecy was on the level of Aspaklaria Hameira? So says the Maral in the Gurarye, you can look it on your own, Venira. And because Moshe Rabbeinu saw things on his level, with his prophecy. There are two parts to the Nevuah, and even the Nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu. One thing was, There were things that all prophets, including Moshe, saw about what was happening. And what, what, what Hashem was telling them. What Hashem wanted to reveal to them or how He wanted to instruct them to instruct the Jewish people. That's one part. But then Vamadregel Shemoshe was beyond that. Because Moshe Rabbeinu the koil gamkein lahanavuas al mitzvahs v'hatoyrah shetzivah lahashem Yisbron mipiv. Moshe Rabbeinu was also the conduit through which we received the mitzvahs Hashem. Toyrus Hashem. That's why, and that's where he functioned with his Aspaklaria Hameira in his giving over, in his being the teacher, that it should be Toyrus Moshe, should be exactly Toyrus Hashem. In giving us the mitzvahs and giving us the Torah, that's where he defined himself with this Aspaklaria Hameira. And with Zehadover. This level is different than the first level, where you just say prophecies on what's going to happen and what direction to take. Go here, go there. Maybe even when they would travel, you know, if that would be a Navua, that would be something different. He had Torah, Masha Shemiz Baroitza, Sheyia Noyek Tomid Boilam Miblishinui. Keep a Torah Shenosan Hashemiz Barachal Yedei Moshe, Seder as Israel, Beseder Kloli. He set the Jewish people, Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai, Masrola Yeshua. That was the Nevuah of Zehadover. That was unique and particular to Moshe Rabbeinu. Koyom Hashem would be things outside of the purview of Torah and mitzvahs that even Moshe would use when he needed to convey that type of message. But Zehadover was, was unique and spe- special for, for the Torah and mitzvahs. So we see from the Maral, that Moshe um, Rabbeinu had a duality, had a uh, two purposes. One was that he was a, a regular Navi like everybody else, and he was also this level of Nevuah, which was particularly for the transmission of Torah Hashem. Now I want to use this For what it says in the in the Torah, in our parsha, after the parsha of 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 um, Nidorim, 
we're not going into exactly why Nidorim is the preface and why that is the expression used here. Maybe we'll come to it. We'll see. In Parsha Lamed Aleph, page 902, it says, Hashem Nikoim Nikmas this is your last task. Take revenge. The Jewish people have to take revenge from the Midyanim, and after that, afterwards you're going to die. Okay? This is your last mission. So, if I, so what happened? Go bring, bring warriors. A thousand per tribe. Representatives of all 12 tribes. 12,000 people. So Moshe sent them. And in Pasuk Vav it says, A thousand per, per, per shevet. And also sent Pinchas. Uklei HaKodesh with the special vessels, which later we'll see is going to be the tzitz and the Orn HaKodesh. V'chatsoitzos and the trumpets. Hatshua B'yodai. And Moshebez, and go kill all the males. This was the revenge. And then there's a whole parsha. So Rashi comments, Oisom ve'es Pinchas, Pasuk Vav. You see that Pinchas was equal to all of Klal Yisrael, Oisam, those 12,000, and Pinchas. Which means Pinchas, the 12,000 represented Klal Yisrael. Pinchas represented all of them. What's, what is. What? Why did Pinchas go, asks Rashi, and not a Lozer? It was Pinchas Ben Lozer went. Why didn't Elazar go? He was the Kohen Gadol. Omar HaKadosh says Rashi, Mishahischil b'mitzvah, the one who started the mitzvah, Shahara Kozbi Basur, that killed that Midianite woman, Kozbi Basur, Yigmar, he should finish. This is from the Medrash. Rashi quotes this from the Medrash. What's, what's going on here? What is Rashi telling us? Why should Pinchas go? Because he started the mitzvah. And that's why Elozer didn't go. Because just parenthetically, we have a tzivuy in the Torah after Koirach. Over there it says, in Parshas Koirach, Yud Zion Beis, it says, Emor el Elozer ben Aaron Akoyin. The Yorim and Atzamachtas go take out the fire pans from the 250 people who died. There was a, 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 a mitzvah, Emor, which we talked about last week, the word Emor, Lochein Emor. Over there was a, it was a mitzvah that Dafka Elozer should go, and not Pinchas, or not any other Koyen, or not a, and not Aaron himself. Why? So there we have the famous Meiri in Brachas, that we've maybe mentioned in the past. It's, a, it's an amazing Meiri about the story about Rabbi Gamliel when he was thrown out of being the Nasi. We've quoted this Gemara many times. And the Meiri says that, that when the Gemara says that they 
after Abigamliel was sent away, who should they take in his place? And they suggested to take Rabbi Yeshua, who was the next biggest Talmud Chacham, and they said, no, he's the Balmaisi, you can't take him. This is Rashi says, because it would be too much embarrassment for Begamliel to take his nemesis, his, his opponent. And Begamliel doesn't deserve that. Says the Me'iri, what's the source for that? Everything has to have a source. You don't, it's not because it feels good. We don't do things because they feel good in the Torah. They have to have a source, the Messiah. There's a, there's a source from the Torah for everything. The source says the Me'iri is from this pop, this of Emor el Elazar, when the 250 people were beat by Aram for who was going to be the Kain Gadol. So Akash who said a mitzvah for Elazar to take out the fire pan, not Aram, because it would be too like rubbing their, their nose in the, in the fact that he won, that Aaron won, so therefore his son Ar- Elazar. So there, there's a specific mitzvah. And we talked last week about the mitzvah, why Lochein Emor say Moshe had to tell Pinchas, you are going to get the Brisi Sholoim. And we said what we said last week, and the Meshachachma said what he said, why it has to be this way. So here also, there's a, there's a specific din that only that Pinchas has to go and not a lozer. Pinchas has to go and not a lozer. Why? Because Pinchas has to finish up, says Rashi, finish up what? The fact that he killed Cosby Basur. What do you mean? That, that was secondary. He killed Zimri ben Solu, the, the Nasi of Shimon. Why does Rashi Bedafka say that he killed Cosby Basur, the Midianite woman? Okay, you could say because now we're going to take revenge on Midian, so you want to connect it, but... The main thing he did, or is say both, he killed Zimri and he killed Cosby. That's, that's, that's what the focus was, what he did. Says the Briskarov, says the Briskarov that the reason why it says that is because there were two different reasons going on. Pinchas killed Zimri, the Nasi of Shimon, because there was a halach of which we talked about last week, that Moshe came to Moshe, the Gemara Sanhedrin said, and he says, why, Moshe, didn't you teach us when you came down from Har Sinai? Remember we, we spoke about that Gemara. That Haboyo Aram is someone who does this kind of act, that anybody can stand up and take matters into their own hand. So Moshe says, you're right, I forgot that halacha. Must be you're the one who are, who's standing in my place, Pinchas, and you go do it. So Pinchas stood up and killed Zimri ben Solu because of Kanoim Poigimba. And that you have to do, says the Rambam, you have to do that at the time when you see the terrible act going on. There was second to that was the fact why did he have to kill Cosby? Why do you have to kill the Midianite woman? She's a guy. What, what did she do wrong? So for that, the Briskarov says that, that he killed her because she was the instrument. She was the stumbling block. 
as the Rambam says, the Rambam says in Pihilchas Yisuri Bia Perak Yud Beis Halacha Yud that Harezu Nereg is that the woman gets killed as well. It's like an animal. If God forbid a person does a act of sodomy with an animal, so you kill the animal. Or when an animal, the Torah says, when an animal kills a man, you have to kill the animal because we don't want the shame of an animal walking around and saying, you know that animal? It killed uh, Moshe. Moshe Yosef, right? Killed this, this Jew who died. It's an embarrassment for the family. So you kill the animal. What did the animal do? The animal's just acting like an animal. But you kill it because it shouldn't be an embarrassment. And that's what the Ramam says, because this woman was the stumbling block, and therefore you have to kill it. So it's Mufurish in the Torah that Zimri died because of Kanayim Pagimba, because the Pinchas acting in Moshe's stead, and Cosby died because Pinchas was standing in Elazar's stead, in the Kain Godel's place. And that's why Badafka Rashi says that why didn't the Lazar go? Why take Pinchas and not a Lazar? Because he started the mitzvah and he killed Cosby. I mean, we're going focusing on that. Not that he killed Zimri. That was for a different reason. That was Kanoim Poikimba, which can only be done at the time of the act, which is when he killed Cosby. But now he's going to take revenge on the rest of the Midyanim. That's Pinchas for that functioning in the stead of the Kain Godel of his father Elazar, which of course is taking the place of Aaron Akoyan, whose yard site is tomorrow Rosh Chodesh Av. Just not, no coincidence, right, that we read the Parsha Mamish at the time of Aaron's uh, demise. And this is what the Briskorov says so beautifully that there are two reasons. So now we see here that Pinchas functioned in this act both as Moshe and as also as Aaron. He was the synthesis and, the, and for the moment in history where we had the two not just working in tandem <clears throat> like we saw in Mitzrayim that Moshe said, I can't do it, I have an older brother and I'm, I, don't, I have a speech impediment. So he said, Aaron, ye and Aaron will be your prophet. Here we find the two merging together in one body in this unique person called Pinchas. He functioned as Moshe because he told Moshe, didn't you teach us when you came down from Har Sinai? And Moshe says, you remembered, I forgot it, must be, you should be in my stead. So he was standing in, in the place of Moshe when he killed Zimri. Now he's going to take revenge, asks Rashi for what? For the fact that he kills Cosby, and now he owes revenge to the, all the Midianim, that's because he's standing in place of a Lazar, his father, who's standing in place of a Aram. So we see a unique blend in Pinchas that he was the Moshe and Aaron in one. And this is a unique, this is a unique uh, situation.
Moshe, in representing this act, which was so defining for the Jewish people that Zimri ben Sola came with this Midianite woman into the Mishkan and demanded from Moshe an answer. Can I marry her? Why do you do marry a Midianite woman? Right? Taking a dig at, at, at Moshe and under, trying to undermine the whole, the whole Torah. And this, at that moment, we needed a, such a person of, like Pinchas who would be a blend between Moshe and Aaron to save the day. And he did save the day, not just by killing them, but by creating this bris kuhunas oilam, and, as, and, and therefore Hashem gave him his brisi shalom, he made peace for the entirety of the Jewish people by the act that he did, which seems to be such a cruel and, and, and destructive act, it had the total opposite effect only because Pinchas, at that moment, was the embodiment of both Moshe and Aaron, both, which we, we've explained before, is both Aaron is Ava and Moshe is Yira. Like we've proven from the Gemara that says Moshe was, you know, and the Gemara says, Yira milsa zutrasi is is Yira so easy in Lagabi Moshe. That was Moshe's function was Yira. He was on the highest level of, of prophecy, and Aaron was Ava. Uh, that is, is he was Oyev Shalom, of Shalom, Mekarvan Latoira. He was able to. Now we needed that blend of of uh, of Pinchas, and he did create that. And this was, this was the, this was what we see, this incident of Zimri and Cosby was the, represented the, what was deficient yet in Klal Yisrael in order for them to be finished learning from Moshe what they needed to learn in order to continue successfully. There still was still yet something, even in this 40th year, of Moshe Rabbeinu's elongated life because of the, of the sin of the spies that they had to be in the Midbar for 40 more years. And that's why we're told that this is your last mission. After you do this, you will basically die. Which means you finished. After you do this, HaKoshbo is telling Moshe, you have completed your mission. Even though there's a whole Sefer Dvarim, where we, we received many mitzvahs. But as far as the core giving over of the Torah, it's complete. We, the system is in place. And that was completed by Pinchas with the, through the instruction of Moshe himself. And, and this is what we see, really, Zimri and Cosby represent, in an interesting way, they represent both 
in that in that union that that forbidden union it represented both a father and a mother right Zimri was the father and Cosby was the mother and this this is what Pinchas turned around from a despicable act which showed something's deficient something's lacking and he was able to lift it up to make it into a bris kuhunas oilam and a brisi shalom a peaceful bris, a covenant because he was able to sanctify both the two positions of father and mother Moshe and Aaron as embodied in in Pinchas And this is what this is what I mean by that Moshe representing what is normally referred to as the fatherly Mida of Yira, right? That's why when we have the Mida of the, the mitzvah of Kibud Aveim, or Kibud Kabed Es Avicha Vesimecha, and as when we talk about Yira of parents, the pasuk in Parshas Kedosh Ish Imoiv Aviv Tiro, it's switched around. Why? Because normally a person loves his mother because she is the one who gives him everything and therefore the love is naturally there. And the father, who's usually the disciplinarian, there the yira is there more naturally. And we, therefore we switch it because it ha- we, the mitzvah is not what is naturally felt. It's what we're commanded. And we're commanded to have both ava and yira for both pa- father and mother. That's the synthesis. And that's what we're finding here, that Klal Yisrael had to be, through Moshe and Aaron, the father and mother, they had to be put back in place. And this was Badafka done through this act of father and mother that was in a very strange way embodied in Zimri and Cosby. And that's why Pinchas had to come now to wrap it up, to finish it off, because this was the final task of Moshe Rabbeinu. And therefore, we had the 12,000 people, and Pinchas, who Rashi says is Shokul Keneged Kulam, why? Because he was the Moshe Rabbeinu of that incident, because that was Moshe's last task. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu had to have Pinchas. But Pinchas embodied, at this moment, also the the... The, the the wonderful beauty of the Ava of Aaron Akoyan, and that's why he was chosen and not Elazar, who was the real Koyin Gadol, because Pinchas had to do it, because that's that, that's where that's what he started when he killed Cosby and Zimri. Um, now we say this every day when we talk about Birchas Koyanim, we say this these words, um, we say. When we say Birchas Koyanim, that the Birchas Koyanim are Haksuval Avdecha, that they are written in the Torah through Moshe, but they're Ha'amura Mipi Aaron. Aaron was one who delivers 
of the message because it has to be delivered with the Ava, with the motherly love that Aaron conveyed. But the two together is the, these Brichas Kayanim are, are a uh, synthesis of the two together. And this is this is what we this is what we find in 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 our parsha uh, through the travels um, in Parsha's Matos we have the interesting story of Bnei God Bnei Ruven that it says in in, in uh, Lamed Beis page nine ten nine hundred and ten it says that the Jew the Bnei Ruven and Bnei God Miknei Rav they had a lot of cattle. That's the introduction to this parsha. Otsumioy had a lot of tra- cattle. Everybody had cattle. We were farmers. We were shepherds. And they and they and they came to Moshe. They came to Moshe. And they said, "The land that we are in now, right now, is a good land for shepherding sheep. It has a lot of pasture land. The land we're going to in Eretz Yisrael is rocks and stones. Doesn't have a lot of grass." And they came to Vayavoyum Bene Gorbin Ruven Vayomel Moshe said to Moshe, Vele Lozer Akoin, they said to Moshe and Elozer. These cities, these Atoras Divine, Yazar, Nimra, Cheshbon, El Elol, Shov, Navo, Uboin, these lands are are fertile lands. We want to have our portion, we want to trade in our portion in Eretz Yisrael. For these lands, and we want to stay here, but we're not abdicating. Not because we're we're sissies and we don't want to go fight. We'll go fight, and then we want to come back and you know and have our land in outside of Eretz Yisrael. And Moshe got all bent out of shape, and he got upset with them. He says, "You're sounding like the spies who don't like Eretz Yisrael," and he told them. After consulting with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and he told them, says, "Fine, we'll make a covenant. That, and this is the famous Tnai God of which is the Gemara Kedushin, the Mishnah in Kedushin says, all Tnayim, all conditions, all all contracts have to be written in this way with a double. If you do this, you'll get this, and if you don't do, you won't get this. Even though, if, if I tell you, if you do this, you'll get this. It should be self, self apparent. No, you have to write it both ways. Call tonight. It's bottle. It's not good. And what did, what did he tell them? He told them, like like Rav Dessler points out, he told them your priorities are all messed up. You came and said we have a lot of cattle. And we need the land to pasture. And let us go and we'll build places for our cattle and then we'll build cities for our children. Moshe Bain told them, no, you build cities for your children and then places for your cattle. Because he, he noticed that their priorities were, were, were wrong. And this is what and this is this is something 
that, that Moshe Rabbeinu told them after getting very upset with them, and this is what happened. You look and say for Yeshua, God, Ruvain, and you will see at the end of the Parsha, half of the tribe of Menashe were, were, were linked to Bnei God, Bnei Ruven, which is a separate Shaila. They weren't the ones who came. And who knows, even if they didn't come with this complaint, why were they tacked on? So the, there's an itziv about that because Moshe wanted to make sure that they would stay on track and Menashe were the Tamil Chachamim and therefore he wanted to attach half of the tribe so they will always have a connection with Eretz Yisrael because Menashe had cousins and, and uncles and, and, and relatives in Eretz Yisrael. They would always be connected and it worked. But Bnei God Bnei Ruvain, they came with this, with this request. Now, there's, there's part of, the, of, of what we see here um, that they said they wanted to build um, cities for their children and corrals for their corrals for their for their animals is very reminiscent of of what happened when Yaakov met Esav back in Parshas Vayishlach so the Pasuk says that um, that Yaakov after he sent, ya- sent in the beginning of Parshas Vayishlach gifts to Esav because he knew he didn't want to travel with him. So it says that Esav saw Yaakov's family and he started getting all emotional. And Yaakov said, well, it'd be wonderful to travel with you, my dear brother, but I have small children and it's very difficult to travel. And therefore I'll meet you somewhere else. But Rashi says, I'll meet you in the next world, we'll meet. And the Pasuk concludes, And they separated, and, and Yaakov survived. He survived. He had to fight with the Malach, the whole story there. And Yaakov nosa sukhoisa. And Yaakov traveled to a place called Sukkot. And he built himself a house, and he built corrals for his animals. That's why the place was called Sukkot. And then the Pasuk concludes, Yaakov came out complete. He settled there. So, if, if it says he built houses for his family, and then he built corrals for his animals, that's why he called it Sukkot? On the contrary, he built homes for his animals. He built homes for his family. And he built corrals for his animal. That's why he should call it bias. That's most important. 
And he put that first. So Rashi says, even Loy Bias, he was there for 18 months. Kayetz, Choyref, Kayetz. Summer, winter, summer. 18 months. A year and a half. So Sukkot, the tents, the temporary dwellings was for the summer. And you need, they didn't have air conditioning then, right? The Bias, the home, more permanent was for the Choyref, for the winter. And the Sukkot was again for the summer. So Rashi is telling us that it, although he made sukkahs for his animals, but he also made sukkahs for his family as well. So he made homes and sukkahs for his family. One was a summer home, had more ventilation. The other one was a winterized home that needed, had heating because it was, it was built up. Had a good roof, had a, didn't have holes in it, it was built of stronger materials. And that's the point. Here Yaakov represented in his battle with evil, with Esav, he says, I have to have the home has to be fortified. And this is reminiscent of what we see in our Parsha, where the Benegarab and Ruva were leaving themselves exposed by looking at themselves as shepherds. That's how they define themselves. Who are you? I'm a shepherd. I have a lot of sheep. Therefore, I need a lot of graze land. But who are you? That's what you do. That's not who you are. And Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to redirect them. As Yaakov redirected himself, I, yeah, I have plenty of sheep. But I build, and I built for my sheep sukkahs. But my family comes first. I built for my family homes and sukkahs. And I called my home, I called the place sukkahs, not because of the sukkahs that I built for my animals, because of the sukkahs that I built for my family for the summer. I take care of, I realize that they need different environments for different times. That was Yaakov. And that's why the Pasuk concludes that Yaakov Vayova Yaakov Sholem, he was complete because he was able to, in, to, to meet up with Esav and navigate and negotiate that we can be cordial and I can show you and give you gifts and everything, but we keep our distance because of the sanctity and the purity of, of our family of my family. Sholem means, says Rashi, he was Sholem Begufoi, that he healed himself from what he was lame from the fighting of the angel, because he made up all the money he gave to Esau as gifts. He made that up because he, he gave it to him in order to buy him off. And Betoirosoi, that even though he spent with love on so many years, he didn't forget any of his learning even though he was so engaged with Lavan and making sure that Lavan doesn't destroy his family, like we say in the Haggadah, that Lavan wanted to destroy everything. But he didn't allow him to do that. He was able to maintain the relationship, work, build his family, and not let Lavan into his, his personal space. And this is what Moshe is giving over to B'nai God, B'nai Ruvay. You're walking a dangerous tightrope. 
and I want you to understand that this is a very, very dangerous tightrope. But, and you have to learn, you have to understand how to wage the battle, how to fortify yourself. <clears throat> and Yaakov, after he went, came back, he was able to go back to his parents' home in, par- in Parshas. At the end of Parshas Vayishlach, he came back home. Back home to his mother back home to his father and because there are these two forces with which there was the force of Yitzchak and Rivka the father and mother they both sent Yaakov on his path and that path was fraught with danger dangers of Esau dangers of Lovan and, and everything else after the whole story Yaakov was complete and he was able to go back and, and face his mother and father. And in this complete form, Rivka had her mission and Yitzchak has hidden his mission. And together they survived in Yaakov. He embodied both. Because we know Avram had Yishmoel and Yitzchak had Esav. Yaakov was shalim, was complete. In the same way, I believe that Pinchas came here to do this final act to complete Moshe in his life's mission in the way that he embodied, that Pinchas embodied both Moshe and Aaron that worked so well together, but at this moment, Moshe and Aaron have to come together to wrap it up and that's why Pinchas was chosen here in this same way that, that Yaakov and Yaakov came away um, complete so too the Jewish people were now being instructed by Moshe these Bnei God and Bnei Ruvain saying that no you got to be very careful you're, you're <clears throat> if you want to be successful it has to be with these conditions, you have to know the positive, you have to know the negative. If you do this, you will gain this. If you don't do this, you will not do this. You have to know exactly because the, the balance is, is uh, so important and the integration of these midas, of both what are called fatherly midas and motherly midas. And so it is today in every family. In every family, the mother and the father work in tandem, work together, not against each other, not behind each other's backs, but rather, and that's the shalom bias, the completeness of the home, that the mother and the father together supporting, raising the children who need a fatherly disciplinarian and a motherly love to come together as one, and this is what we see from, from Yaakov, and this is what was being conveyed to, through Moshe to these Bnei Goda Bnei Ruvain as they offered this very dangerous um, and, and very, very interesting to point out that in this, this, uh, these cities that Bnei Goda Bnei Ruvain identified 
a Torah is divine, one of them was called Nevo. You see that in the Pasuk? Unevo Uba'on. Nevo in Perak Lamed Bey's Pasuk Gimel. Lamed Bey's Gimel. If you look at Nevo, so look at the Targum Unclus. The Targum Unclus on that Pasuk describes all these cities just by saying over the names. But when it comes to Nevo, it says Nevo is base kvurta de Moshe. This is the burial spot of Moshe. And in another place, this is pointed out in the Sefer of Eliezer Baruch Finkel, in another place when it's describing the place Nevo, it just says Nevo. Which means that the, the, the Jewish people, Bnei Gobe Ruvain, they were describing, and, and part of what they wanted was they wanted to be close to the burial spot of Moshe Rabbeinu in order to daven there, in order to connect with Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe Rabbeinu heard that, and he was telling them, but, it's a nice emotion, it's a nice feeling, but you have to be careful. You have to be careful that you can't live with a dead um, uh, example, a dead teacher. You have to have a live teacher. And therefore, you have to connect yourself with the living Jewish people and not separate yourself. Yeah. Your intentions might be well-meaning, but, but you might be missing something. And that's what he was teaching them, that um, in, in this that in this, in this um, Parsha, that you have to be careful, and it was an example for everybody, that, the, 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 that they, they can't be missing the lesson that Moshe Rabbeinu taught that we see throughout this Parsha. Okay, shall